Welcome back to another episode of the Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. I'm still here in Fiji, been gathering a lot of different stories, speaking to unique people, and today I'm interviewing a young guy who's doing something really powerful across Fiji. His name is Knox. Thank you for joining me today, Knox. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Um, well, I just wanted to start off with uh, trying to have to share my story about how Aruka Fiji had started. But before that, I believe I wouldn't have been able to to be so driven in actually starting Aruka Fiji without appreciating all of the things that I have gone through. Sometimes we see the phases that we go through in life as something that we might regard, regard as something that is not really maybe may favorable at that particular time or something that we might have thought that we would not come out of. But I would like to take this time to just just to say that if you're going through any phases of things that might have been dark or is currently dark as of this point in time, please be aware that uh, everything is, uh, is pre-planned and God has a plan for your life. And, and with that, I just wanted to share my story on how I had been raised up in a village, uh, in a village there where there are uh, uncles, there are fathers that are there. And uh, one of the powerful statements I, I believe that is always raised by people from Africa is that it takes a whole village to look after a child. So with that, even those dark times that I later faced during my teenage years, I would like to take this time just to acknowledge the fact that my my village, my Yavusa, my Matangali, my Tokatoka, and whoever that was there was able to raise as somebody that was pre-designed to have started an organization that would be some sort of an organization that uh, assists the vulnerable or people that are less fortunate. I grew up in a family where my dad would tend to drink, I believe, uh, for those people that are in Lambasa, they would know my dad and uh, they would know the, the background of the, or the family that I, I come from. And with that, it wasn't, it wasn't that easy for us. It wasn't that easy for me and my, my other siblings uh, getting to experience that there were violence and um, and it was this that built us up to really appreciating the opportunities that we have in life. And that is to grab everything as we go through life is to grab opportunities, little opportunities, so that we could show to our mom, um, God rest her soul. And um, with that, we are so grateful about the, the learnings that we have gotten from my mom. It wasn't that easy. Uh, it wasn't that easy for me and my mum. Yeah, that's great, Knox. Um, it's not easy at all. And you weren't in a very financially stable home. Your dad was abusive. What impact did that have on you as a young boy growing up? How do you think that affected you? I think psychologically, sometimes I would be very stressed. Uh, I, I got to be most most of the time getting to to isolate myself i was an introvert and therefore as i sat in my room or where, where whichever places that i would lock myself away in that is where i tend to contemplate some of the things that i would do and uh, really know how i could rebuild that self-worth that i have 
try to realize what I could could achieve and uh, how to go about doing so. So not all introverts are, are bad. I believe they would have the need just to be by themselves in order to try and come up with a plan. And uh, my plan was uh, was uh, thinking that everything would work work out according to what I think. But it was all through the realizing that God has a plan in my life that that pushed me to another level. Yeah, and uh, I, I would definitely, sh I would, I would definitely would like to share as well about the envisioning that had brought about uh, Aruka Fiji. Yeah, no, not all introverts are bad. I'm one of them, and <laughs> it's it's important to have time by ourselves. Um, your story, it again reminds me because people who know me know that I'm here speaking out especially about the violence against women but we forget that there's many many particularly young boys if you're growing up in homes especially where there's alcoholic fathers they take their anger out on the boys and the girls so there's I think that's a silent issue that we don't talk about enough and I'm currently writing a book around the abuse of men and and men's stories and men who are perpetrators as well so it's just always important to um, keep that in mind and that it, there's many young guys who have been abused but yeah now you're 31 you're living here in Suva you're running a really successful organization that particularly focuses around widows and neglected teens but tell us about Aruka. So I th it was 2019 that two of my best friend had uh, committed suicide and they have completed uh, meaning that they successfully had died from whatever plans that they had towards trying to take their own lives and with that it was something that had taken me from somebody that was some sort of thriving so that's the reason why I always say there we have we, we go through different phases you can be one day you can be full-time thriving and the next day you would be down there and and I was one who would testify uh, to this so getting a, a very good job getting to have uh, ways to support my family and being able to to love the work that I do until I got to go through those dark times. It was those dark times that I had contemplated of whether strangling myself with a cord or maybe chemical ingestion. Uh, and th those were my, my, my only two options. But then it was getting to have friends and the social uh, platform, post uh, social positive network that I had that had built up my confidence and that's the reason why I think uh, the reason why we consistently have abandoned teens that comes in and we provide them with this psychosocial support but when I was struggling with my mental health depression uh, one of the things that I, I I did is that I would isolate myself and I would hide off and then one thing that I saw is that I was giving everything that I owned that was that I, I truly loved. So everything was meaningless, I would say. But then when I went through a rehabilitation where we had a grief and loss counseling session, everybody sat in a circle and that's when we have finished our session and I have really accepted way deep within my heart I had accepted the fact that I really have a purpose in life and for me to try and work in accordance to implementing positive changes in my community or even to the people that is within my circle 
I heard an inner voice, and that inner voice said, "You, you're gonna be looking after needy widows, needy widows and abandoned teens." And I didn't even know who are needy widows. I know, I know, I know widows, but I don't even know how how widows would become needy, or what are some of the sense of the requirements that they would have to categorize them in that needy state. And even for abandoned teens, I didn't really know until I got to meet up some organization that I have, I have gone into as a form of courtesy visit. Aruka, yes, sorry, uh, we'll just interrupt every now and then with a question. <laughs> uh, it's good when you're passionate about something you love to talk. So yes, you um, you'd been through your own dark time. Of, of friends suiciding, of you wanting to think, man, should I even live? But you felt like a voice came and said, help abandoned widows and needy teens. And that's where you launched Aruka. So what does Aruka stand for? So when, when, we, when I was in Vision, we started off with FN for RFL, which is Fiji Network for Restoring Family Links. So I believe when I... I, I I came up with that name, it was just because of uh, the psychological and psychosocial support that I have always been working under. So it started off with FN for RFL, Fiji Network for Restoring Family Link, and then we had the need to pray about it given that a lot of our street dwellers were unable to pronounce the word. So whenever we would provide, oh we're here again, so after two months of our work or during COVID uh, food distribution or warm clothing distribution, as soon as we come in, oh we're from, oh you guys are from F and uh, what, what is it called again? So we prayed about it and that's when uh, there was a time I was going through a session on how to realize certain words that are with meanings on Hebrew and that is where Aruka came up. Aruka is a, a Hebrew word meaning healing and restoration. So since we are hoping to do psychological support in the areas of restoring or maybe trying to rebuild the confidence of widows not to really prolong the areas of grief and really prioritize on the needs of their families and also their children, we are going to be providing that in the areas of restoration and healing process as well. So restoration is also for our abandoned teens, our street kids and teen sex workers. We have done a lot of work with uh, some churches and it, even some NGOs, the, the government as well, in the areas of, and not forgetting Silver City Council for allowing us to try and be part of a team which is known as the Lescue Valley Task Force and therefore we have worked with uh, numerous supermarkets to get $100 vouchers and therefore be able to take them back home. So we are linking them back to their areas of kinship and trying to do family mediation. So my areas of counselling and other counsellors that have come on board to volunteer that time, we would do family mediation and try and restore that family ties that have been broken for years. Let's have a bit more of a discussion. An abandoned teen, does that, does that mean that their family doesn't want them anymore and just throwing them out on the streets? Or are these teens who are a bit rebellious and have run away from home, what makes a teen abandoned? So they are categorised to a lot of different other areas. Eh? It's uh, diverse areas of our work would either be working on somebody that has thought of, I just don't want to stay in a, in a violent home and therefore had, have moved to the streets. There are some of them that have indicated I have 
we were living under extreme poverty and that's the reason why I have to find and build myself somewhere else. So Sushine or maybe Wheelbarrow Boys or later just knowing that it, it doesn't work so they permanently resides in any of those abandoned houses that are here and, and we regard them as abandoned teens as well. And there are some that we would say that are just pure rebellious and we would definitely work with them in the areas of okay, if you're working with us you have to know that we go in accordance to rules. If you know that these are rules that you would continuously break and then you'd lose our trust. But knowing that we are always here on the ground and for them to know that whenever they would want to eat they would know where to where 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 we are located or where our associates are located such as I would, would just like to give thanks to the pastor for Ark of Hope which is up at Stewart Street just behind Roop's Big Bear that provides a shelter for men and with that that was our our, the common place where we would rope every street dwellers in in order for them to have a, a meal. And they would facilitate this, uh, this as a site where everybody gets to understand. We are not going to be taking them because the processes of taking them back home is a little bit, it'll, it, it is quite long. So maybe we would just rope them in a church and just feed them there. And during COVID, since there was a lot of movement restrictions and a lot of people that were not allowed to eat or provide food on the streets, that is where the police with us and other organizations that are part of the Lesco Valley Task Force that had really initiated ways of working around what would work. And what would work was working with the Ark of Hope Church in order to provide for the less fortunate. It's great to hear that churches are partnering with you. We need a lot more, don't we? Um, how many abandoned teens are we looking at across Suva? Is it um, a, a few or hundreds? Or do you have an idea of the numbers out there? So as we started off with the COVID distribution of warm meals, it started off from 24, uh, phase one. And then as the, the weeks go, the numbers increase, so it went to 45 and then then to 65 and now that we have uh, the database of all street dwellers I would say it's over 220, 28 or 29 that we have managed to identify on the ground and the ones that we are currently working with but we have seen that our teen sex workers have really increased uh, during COVID and these are some of the things that I've also been uh, getting the information, I've, I've gotten the information from other organizations that works with uh, street uh, street dwellers, not really street dwellers, but mostly specifically on teen sex workers, eh? and that was the only number that increased during COVID. Is that because of poverty that teens are just going out and selling their bodies? Yeah, I think was it w w would mainly be mainly. I think it's mainly because of the, uh, the, the financial difficulties that they would have to endure during the, the stages of COVID. And uh, most of them had, had people that were influencing them on the ground. So there were teen sex workers or, or maybe they were already established uh, sex workers that were there that were that were friends with other dropouts and these dropouts were trying to figure out what are some of the, the things that they would do so that they would not really stay in that that stage of living under extreme poverty 
So they would either be already be rebellious and also finding a way to be financially stable and that was the only option for them. Yeah. Now let's have a discussion about the widows as well because um, yeah, a needy widow, what is the difference between a widow and a needy widow? So we have our widows that are actually well provided with pensions from their husbands and those that are able to provide for themselves financially and maybe some of them that are already that already has a house and their family members are abroad and are supporting them and we have needy widows that are mostly centralized within hard homes or a low accommodated accommodated uh, accommodation sites and this is uh, we I would like to also thank Hard Homes for doing a perfect job in actually working with us to identify some of our members that we were able to assist. Our needy widows are mostly the ones that const- consistently grieve over the loss of their loved ones and have never really gotten to really prioritize on other things such as their edu- uh, the going back to pursue other education uh, or career path that they would want to, to be a part of. Eh? So we see them suffering. And even communities see them suffering, but they let them, they disregard those those phases, those dark phases that they go through. We come in as a Ruka in order to try and rebuild those, those confidence for them to allow that they could go through those seven stages. But I believe for all psychological personnel or maybe counselors that are around, you could they would definitely know that the number of that seven stages have increased. Yeah, so the stages keeps on increasing and um, the last stage of that is just to accept. And we come in in the areas of acceptance, accepting them for who they are, what kind of lifestyle that they're living and trying to make sure that they move away from that and really prioritize on their, themselves. What are their goals? What are they, uh, what are they opt- optimistic about, about the future or maybe for the future of their children? And trying to prioritize on that because more we get to preach on child's right, more we get to preach on domestic violence, uh, more we get, get to preach on some other health and social issues, whereas the, the, the widows that we have are never recognized. They are there in most of the village. They are there in most of the, uh, the communities that we're in. And it's just the art of caring and no showing compassion towards them who are there in the community that, that works. It, it works for them and it definitely would work for, for the, the works that we consistently try and do for Aruka Fiji as well. Now you're all over Fiji, aren't you? Um, you were saying you're um, you're a volunteer-based organisation. How do people get involved if they want to um, be part of making a difference with you? Yeah, like uh, you have already mentioned, we are now located into all different divisions within the northern, central, the eastern, and also the western. So the northern division, whoever that is there, we have focal points that are that are centralized into all of these different areas. They, we have online forms that we would share and they would definitely have to, to fill it in and then we would identify which department that works well with you after you fill, fill in our registration form. And given that some of the updates that we share within these different chat rooms is something that we would regard as confidential there's a, a need for you to fill in a registration form and also a confidentiality form 
given that we don't want to breach the the confidentiality and at the same time we would don't we do respect the integrity of all of our clients whatever we have as part of our family remains in our family and that is a family where you're a part of as soon as you're roped in or placed in any of those chat rooms so what's your hope for the future Knox this is still early days with Aruka but um, I think you're, you're a man with a vision what do you hope to see uh, Aruka doing in five or ten years time as some of the things that we're already accomplishing now is that we're having a lot of graduates that are widows that are going out to pursue other careers we had somebody that has just came out from the heart home that is now a, a form a form two for um, just finished our form two and was able to to be part of our basic counseling and therefore our recommendation have allowed her to venture out in achieving her her career dream which is being a counselor and studying with a scholarship with aptc i hope to have a lot of needy widows just to be able to Realize that you still have a portion in life in, in whatever society that you're in or whatever community that you have You still have a favorable outcome that is there for you and and, uh, and uh, Achieving that plan is something that can only work when you journey along with God and um, I believe our, our father who is in heaven is always there and he'll definitely would have you pursue things that you would least expect until you, you, you try and let him in and allow him to journey with you. So I, I, I would like to see Aruka Fiji in a few years' time to have all of our idle youths to be venturing out into, into maybe getting their own business up and running for Aruka Fiji to have something that is sustainable, uh, where, whereby we are having our own business that would be rolling and therefore trying to generate income so that we could do the, the, the projects that we want to do with not only targeted communities but also villages that gets to request for our interventions. Whether it's basic counselling, whether it's family mediation, whether it's supporting those that looks after the needy, we would definitely want to upskill you and as to some of the some of our board members and some of our staffs that are already head of these different departments, we hope that just by them getting to realize what we do on an early basis, they get to venture out into realizing their purpose and their dreams as well, and be envisioned to doing a lot for for your community. And just the one thing that I really want everybody to. To, to know, um, uh, just to be, uh, just to realize is that it doesn't have to take you a lot of a lot of things that you need to do in order to try and help those people that are, are really in need. It's just by you getting to say, okay, I'm gonna wake up this morning and I'm gonna help a person. I'm gonna wake up this morning and I'm gonna impact somebody that I that I have within my circle or somebody that I work with. And it's just that that art. I always tell my volunteers or whoever that we work with, it is just that art of loving another person and caring for them that counts. That's brilliant. Well, thank you for all that you do. You've got a Facebook page. People can look you up, um, Aruka Fiji. Uh, thank you for disrupting hopelessness, loneliness, lack of purpose and coming alongside the widows and the teens to offer them hope and a future. So thank you so much, Knox, and we'll see you all again next week. Yeah.
Let the islands hear reason. Let 